It's great to be together to worship God on this mysterious day known as Trinity Sunday. One of those Sundays that doesn't get celebrated perhaps by as many churches as ought to. And so our call to worship this morning is a collect prayer by Janet Morley. O God, our mystery, you bring us to life, call us to freedom, and move us with love. May we so participate in the dance of your Trinity that our lives may resonate with you, now and forever. Amen. And now let's come to our Trinity God in prayer. Let's pray together. Living love, beginning and end, giver of food and drink, clothing and warmth, love and hope, life in all its fullness, we praise and adore you. Jesus, wisdom and word, lover of outcasts, friend of the poor, one of us, yet one with God, crucified and risen, life in the midst of death, we praise and adore you. Holy Spirit, storm and breath of love, Bridge builder, eye opener, unseen and unexpected, untamable energy of life, we praise and adore you. Holy Trinity, forever one, whose nature is community, source of all sharing, in whom we love and meet and know our neighbour. Life in all its fullness, making all things new. We praise and adore you. Amen. Four Bible readings from the Message Translation, read as one piece. First this, God created the heavens and earth. Or you see, and or you don't see. Earth was like a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. The word was first. The word present to God God present to the word. The word was God in readiness for God from day one. Jesus went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near, in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, 
Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this, day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. And that's about it, friends. Be cheerful. Keep things in good repair. Keep your spirits up. Think in harmony. Be agreeable. Do all that, and the God of love and peace will be with you for sure. Greet one another with a holy embrace. All the brothers and sisters here say hello. The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The doctrine of the Trinity is one of the central tenets of Christianity. And yet, if we're honest, we spend very little time thinking about it. In the traditional church calendar, it's the Sunday that follows Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, when we are invited to think about it. To ponder this mystery of the God who is three persons and yet one. Over the centuries, countless Christians have wrestled with this idea and tried to express something of how God can be both three and one, both one and three. The truth is that most Christians will go to church faithfully for weeks and weeks and weeks and years and years and years and will probably never hear a sermon on a trinity (coughs) and will probably never spend any time thinking about it. I'd never heard a sermon on the trinity until the first time I preached one. If someone asks us to explain the Trinity, we probably panic a bit. And then, well, perhaps we come up with one of those illustrations we had as a child. I had a look on the internet this week, and there were some seriously bad illustrations trying to explain the Trinity. Did you know the Trinity is like a Jaffa cake? Chocolate, sponge, and orange, but one biscuit. Or the Trinity is like an egg with a yolk and a white and a shell. No, it isn't. The Trinity is a mystery. It's a mystery that we cannot really grasp. If somebody of another faith says, but you Christians believe in three gods, don't you? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We go, well, no, we don't. But we don't quite know how to explain what we do believe. And if we're really honest, most of the hymns in the hymn book and songs in the modern song books and much of our speaking and praying just ignore the fact that we believe in a triune God. We find hymns about Jesus, hymns about the Spirit, hymns about the Creator, but very few, very few that speak of God as Trinity. And so it's a good thing for us to take a little bit of time to think creatively 
about God as Trinity. And what I'm hoping is that by using some images and some metaphors, we might be helped a little bit in appreciating the mystery and thinking about how that mystery affects us in our everyday faith lives. Uh, A friend of mine this week said that she'd been given very good advice when she was training to be a minister, that you should stand up on Trinity Sunday and say you were going to try and explain something you didn't understand and you wouldn't do a very good job of it. So I'm just pinching those words from her. I will do my best. If you understand something at the end, you can explain it to me. What's really interesting is in the Bible, there is only two occasions when there is an explicit expression of a Trinitarian formula. And we heard both of those, one in Matthew and one in 2 Corinthians. And yet, the whole Bible is shot through with glimpses of this God who is simultaneously one and three. The opening words of Genesis, when we are told the spirits of God hovered over the chaos of an as yet unformed world. Something that is echoed in that poetic prologue to the fourth gospel, where God's word becomes embodied as a human being. And also, if we look at things in the, in the, um, the epistles and the mysterious pictures of Revelation, we get hints and glimpses of God as three. The doctrine of the Trinity is the result of people giving a lot of energy a lot of thought and a lot of prayer to try and make some sense of these hints and glimpses. Nowhere in the Bible does it give you a doctrine of the Trinity. Words are never going to be good enough to understand this mystery. And right from the earliest times, people have used diagrams and metaphors to try and help them. So here's one. I'm not sure how good it is on that side with the lights shining on it. This is a very old attempt to try to express something of the Trinity. I couldn't say I'm wild about it, but that was something that people came up with way back in history to try and explain this mystery of the God who is at once Father, Son, and Spirit, distinct and yet united. Now, if you're really keen, you can go away and find some theology books to read that up in. I've got plenty upstairs if you really want to read it. One of the interesting things for us as Baptists and useful things for us as Baptists is we don't get ourselves hung up on exactly how we think this operates. Some of the other more creedal traditions have strong views on on who's the head of the Trinity, And who sends who? And does this one send that one? And does the other one precede the other one? But actually, for us as Baptists, as non-conformist Christians, we are free to enjoy the mystery of who God is. We don't have to say things that perhaps limit that wonder. I've chosen two pictures for us to think about this morning. The first of them is Jim Gordon's favourite, I reckon. The Rublev icon. I think it's quite familiar. There's certainly lots of copies of it available on the internet at no problem. It is an orthodox Christian devotional aid 
And it's based on the story of the three angels who visited Abraham at Mamre, or however you say it. Somebody did Hebrew can tell me. Sometimes it's called the Old Testament Trinity. But just take a minute or two to look at that picture and see if anything strikes you. Anything anybody wants to share that strikes them about that picture? One plate. One plate, thank you. They look alike. Yes, they do look alike, yes. Anything else? According to some notes that I found on this picture, the figure on our left is a representation of God the Father. The central figure is God the Son. Uh, There's a hint that he's got his fingers like that, which is a classic artistic representation of Jesus doing a Trinity sign. Interesting in its own right. And the one on our right is a representation of God the Spirit. If you understand Orthodox iconography, which I don't, the colours are actually quite important as well. But as Wendy has noted for us, they're all the same size. There is nobody who is more important, nobody who is more powerful than any of the others. And they are seated around the one table with the one plate or bowl or cup or whatever it is. There is no highest place. There is no person who is in overall charge. It's a kind of a family picture. Three people sat around a table. A place where you can share food and conversation. A place where you build relationship. Maybe in the cup or the dish, whatever it is, is a hint at the Lord's Supper. It's a powerful image of the Trinity and one that is very popular. As I say, it's Jim Gordon's favourite. He uses it at every opportunity. It's an image of hospitality. There are three figures around the table, but there is a gap on the fourth side as if to invite the person looking at the picture to come in and join them around the table. As we look at that image, we are invited to join at the table with God, creator, redeemer and sustainer, to share conversation with God, perhaps to share food, to grow in relationship and to discover our full humanity. Religious icons aren't just pictures, though. They are intended to act as a kind of a window through which we glimpse something of the mystery of the divine. And for me, part of the mystery of this picture is the fact that it's not just one person who joins on the fourth side of the table. It's all of us. Every person in this room, every person who looks on that picture is the person on the fourth side of the table. And that seems to me part of the mystery of this idea of God in relationship. It's an open God, a God who invites us to share around the table, 
to join in with God's conversation, to join in with God's doing. When we say the words of the grace to each other at the end of a service, as we sometimes do, words that were first in Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth, perhaps we're praying that image into being. That the grace of Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with us always. That seems to be something of what that picture says. Let's go on to another picture. It's on slightly more risky. A painting by Matisse, and it is called Dance One. Now, if you're offended by the sight of naked dancers in the church, I apologize, but remember David. That's all I will say, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, get your Bible out and have a look. Take a moment to have a look at this image and see what, if anything, strikes you about it. And again, you might like to just share any thoughts that come to you. Perhaps you're wondering what on earth this strange picture of dancers has to do with the Trinity. I'm using it actually because it is the front cover design of a book by the Baptist writer Paul Fiddes who explores a pastoral theology of the Trinity. And in his book, dance is the metaphor he uses to explore the relationships between the persons of the Trinity. And he's very clever, is Paul, and he says it's actually the pattern of the dance that is what we see, not the people. He imagines the patterns traced by their feet, passing each other, whirling and twirling around each other. It's not perhaps particularly easy to understand, but it's a bit like that reel of three that we tried earlier on. Each of the partners turns with each other and is turned by the others. There's no one person who is in charge of the dance. All three participate fairly equally. And then I kind of get a bit mischievous and carried away because I imagine the dancers then turning out to those around and dancing with them. Jesus, God incarnate in our world, literally embraced life and lived with human beings as a human being. The Holy Spirit, uncontrollable and untamable, who inspires and entrances everyone she touches. And the lure of the creator, drawing us into wonder and awe at creation and then beyond it to its origin. It's a bit like being taken by the hand and drawn into the dance. If you look carefully at that picture, I'll try not to blind anybody now with my thing, there's a gap here. Open hands, where somebody else can come in to the dance. And that seems to me a wonderful picture of how church could be how our relationship with God is. That yes, it's a lovely dance and we're having a great time. But there's always space for one more to join in. The words with which Matthew's gospel ends invoke a Trinitarian formula within the commission to make disciples. Some people think that might have been added on a bit later because it's a more developed Trinitarian theology than may have existed at the time. But it doesn't matter. 
What matters is we have this image of the dance spreading out, drawing more and more people into what I call a missional grand chain. Anybody who's done Kayleys or barn dances will know about grand chains, and you can get yourself in a muddle, but they're great fun. God, the Trinity, and people together carry out the mission of God to draw more and more people into this dance, into the life-giving communion of faith and grace. So those are two images I like that I've worked with for a while. I did a, a quick search on the internet this week and found some more. This one is very, very abstract. Not sure it shows particularly well on the walls, but it is on the little sheets that hopefully you all got when you came in. Something of the mystery and marvel of who God is expressed by a contemporary artist. Or this one, which comes from Australia. Slightly less abstract, but again, somebody trying to express something of this mystery by drawing in some familiar symbols of faith and some that are less familiar. And then this one, which I found from a church in New Zealand. I've no idea who the artist is. I thought it might have been Matisse or Brack. Not because I'm clever at art, I just happen to know those two artists in that kind of context. But I can't find um, who the actual artist is. But it is something about this idea of a divine dance. And again, there's a little gap at the back where somebody else could join in with the dancers. Perhaps as we ponder the mystery of the Trinity, it's good to think about our own discipleship and learning and mission as being about learning to dance with God, or at least to dance to the rhythm of God's heartbeat. In our prayers for others, there is a response, uh, which is printed on the sheet. When I say the words, ever one, sacred three, God, holy God, the Trinity, would you respond, hear our prayer? Let's pray together. Ever one, sacred three, holy God, the Trinity, Hear our prayer. Mysterious God, creator of all things, we pray for the world of which we are a part. Mindful of our interconnectedness with all people in all places, those we name as friends, those we fear as foes, those we know by name, and those we will never know. We pray for those in places of conflict and violence, asking for peace. We pray for those in need of food or shelter, asking for hope. We pray for those in need of human contact and understanding, asking for love. Ever one, sacred three, 
Holy God, the Trinity, hear our prayer. Mysterious God, Redeemer of all things, we pray for the world of which we are a part. Mindful of our dependence on all people in all places. Those who grow our food. Those who produce our goods. Those whose work is words. And those whose work is to care. We pray for those in positions of power and authority, asking for justice. We pray for those in commerce and industry, asking for wisdom. We pray for those who are employed and those who are unemployed, asking for abundant life. Ever one sacred three, holy God, the Trinity, hear our prayer. Mysterious God, sustainer of all things, we pray for the world of which we are a part. Mindful of our responsibilities to all people in all places. Those whose values we share and those whose lifestyles challenge us. Those for whom we feel concern, and those about whom we are at best ambivalent. We pray that you would enable us to see as you see, asking for insight. We pray that you would enable us to love as you love, asking for compassion. We pray that you would enable us to serve as you serve, asking for generosity. Ever one, sacred three, holy God, the Trinity, hear our prayer. Triune God, eternal dance of divine love, draw us deeper into you, Then send us dancing into a world desperate for the joy of your embrace and the power of our creating, redeeming, sustaining God. Amen.